That's enough anyway, mistake. we're back in. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I don't know. Sometimes you gotta get warm. <laughs> and you can't tell this on the main feed. Oh my god. Oh, uh, okay. Are we recording? We've been record. We recorded every minute of that. Wait, right? and is this a bonus episode for fine pairings or yes. for Patreon? I don't remember. Fine pairings. Fine okay, pairings. that's what I thought. So, so we don't no have dildo to- stories. And no welcome to steam and cream. No. Okay. I just scream welcome to fine there pairings. There are alcoholic drinks, Claire. Yes, I know. The, cl- the context clues were around. There is specifically a shot and a tall cocktail glass. And I thought to myself- this is a typical day. <laughs> this was just a nice thing our friend did for us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make us two really specific <laughs> drinks. These are unrelated to the recording. Perfect. No, that's just a nice thing that has happened. <laughs> just sometimes the cocktail fairy comes Sometimes by. we just need a treat. <laughs> and it's me. Hello, Jesse. Welcome to Five Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And I'm Josie. Yay! <laughs> we haven't recorded in a minute. Josie, why are we here? Also, specifically, why are we here so aggressively right now? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Because uh, famously, we wrote down like seven different bonus episode ideas, and we kind of had an order for them. And then you were like, no, wait, we got to do this right now. <laughs> Remember when I was like, we need an order and we need structure? For reasons. And then I also was like, uh, throw that out the window because I we're not doing any of that. I immediately just need to talk about yeah. this thing. That's why I like you as a producer. <laughs> Your like whole vibe is like breaking news. Dun, 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 I have a plan so that I can change it <laughs> when I get excited, <laughs> which is my vibe also. <laughs> that you know, yes, that's exactly. This is a breaking news. So on March seventeenth, specific twenty twenty two, in the year yes. of our Lord twenty twenty two, by our Lord I mean Jesus, Beyonce, the universe. Oh, <laughs> a blessed little angel. Named Lil Kitty Nine tagged us in a TikTok about a fic that is called Draco Malfoy and the mortifying ordeal of being love. Thank you. What was it, Little Kitty Nine? Thank you, Little Kitty, Kitty Nine. Shout out. <laughs> As Grace said earlier, uh, we had already planned out. We have a couple of ideas for bonus episodes. I don't we'll see know which how one many. Pan out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many we'll end up doing, but we had like a rough idea. We're already working on like prompts for season six. It's we're doing really well. Um, so March seventeenth happened, and Little Kitty Nine happened. Little Kitty Nine and this TikTok Wrenched happened. Our whole thing. No. Yep. <laughs> and then I read this fic because this fic is I just pulled it up. It so is um, almost two hundred thousand words. It is one hundred ninety nine thousand six hundred ninety nine words. That's a book in total. <laughs> That's like two books, man. And uh, less than 10 days go by, and I text Grace and Claire and say, I need to uh, drop everything. (laughs) We're doing this instead. (laughs) Hold the phone. I need to share this with the world immediately. (laughs) Okay. And then I didn't have to do as much work for another week. Yeah. (laughs) Circle the wagons. We got a fic to read. Totally fine with me. Also, I do want to point out, okay, so I think I read this fic over a period of five days. And, like, it wasn't, like, nothing in my life was happening over Mm -hmm. those five days. That was not one of those five days where you were not doing Yeah, Famously, it was not a carefree time. No, I was, was like, actually buying a house. And then, like, free time was reading this. Yeah, and then, like, doing all this shit. And so, like, in the night, I was, like, on my phone. So, what we're going to start with 
is the drinks. I was going to say, do we need to know anything before we read the fic? Yeah, you'll need to know a lot, but <laughs> so I want to start drinking the drinks, so uh, that's why we're starting there. All right, Pumped. give me the download. Okay, so before you are two drinks, because I am, in Both Grace's like words, in- a monster. <laughs> no, it wasn't that you made a shot. It was what I saw happening no, in the shot. No, <laughs> two you've, drinks, you've called me a monster. You've called me a monster. Uh, maybe just by like giving giving the listener like an idea of what you're tasting. Okay. Am I shooting them both? Don't no, they're tastings. They're just in shot glasses because I didn't want to give you a full shot and then give you a cocktail. So I'm not a monster. <laughs> this is a true Josie creation. Ooh. 100%. Okay. An OG original. They are connected. A Josie. Both or just the shot? Hmm. Both. Ooh. The shot is a choice, but you know, you know. So I was like, you know, this is it, the bit, shot's a good Grace. entryway. I'm it only a monster. Means, like, things. I'm that bitch who's going to make you take a shot. So Every now time. I need to incorporate this and whether it, it is wise. Good. It does. Whether it or not great. it's wise is up for debate. Okay. It's kind of like grass. So together, this is called Rose and Thorn. Ha. Oh, so the is this thorn the is the thorn? shot. That's the I rose. Mean, the rose is the, the pink cocktail. one. Is the I am getting notes of plant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the thorn is there is a lime rinse, and then ah. just like a little bit of lime, like a dash of lime juice, mm-hmm. um, and then it is 0.75 ounces of green chartreuse. Oh, thank God! I thought it was absinthe. Okay. No, it's not absinthe, but it is uh, also 0.75 ounces of scotch oh god that's now, what i'm smelling scotch shot now i deliberated whether or not shooting scotch was a good idea and then i decided it didn't fucking matter because i was going to do it anyway because it's the it's the whole point it's, the mortifying it's the ordeal of taking a shot would you like it's us to thorn. sip it to like see no if because there's good. green chartreuse you look what does green chartreuse taste like what's the so it's an herbal liqueur okay that's yeah, it makes smells sense very, what i'm yeah, smelling that's probably what you're smelling but like there's the smokiness so that's kind of the idea right it's like it's the thorn mm. you, you Mm-hmm. sticks you the smoky plant it pokes you and then it you know is painful <laughs> it hurts so that was the scotch idea i feel like i also had an idea do you remember this uh really great invention called odka odka yeah from no. like back in college i don't know if it's still if it's still made i didn't try to I don't even remember it. from college what is it it's a uh, vodka that had weird flavors so That's there it? is a grass one oh and so i do think like that would be one of my like suggestions is you could get Grass flavored. That's so um vodka. Birdie bots every flavor bean. Yeah, and it is. Butter. It is. I like it. We're back in. <laughs> Look, connecting. Wow. It's almost like Birdie everything is connected. Every flavor shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. Perfect. That was a real clink. Okay. Bonus. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's in my nose so much. It's good, though. Thorn, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It's um, getting the tip of my tongue in a way that I was not anticipating. It is fully in my nose. Like, good. not the liquid, but the essence of it. Yeah, I thought this was pretty smooth. Yeah. yeah. I'll consider it. It was, it was surprisingly smooth considering now how much smoke my body in the back of my throat. To it. <laughs> yeah, you, fe- you hit it. You it feel like it, yeah. Coats your... <laughs> throat coat. <laughs> throat coat. <laughs> Are we about to get real moody up in here? <laughs> I, I have a feeling it will get moody up in here. The mortifying pain of being in love. Of being alive. <laughs> being alive. <laughs> the, mor- the mortifying The mortifying ordeal of being alive. Of being alive. <laughs> Honestly, great title. Honestly, the most so accurate thing it. anyone has ever said. Okay, let's move on to the rose, which will oh, yeah. redeem 
I really think you're gonna like this. I, really uh, I think there's no this, way so. I can be a monster and have created this cocktail. That's Ooh, my firm belief. Good. Okay, so um, roses are an aspect to this fic. Okay. 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 They're part of the they're part of the atmosphere, Ooh. if you will. Okay. And I was really inspired by that, and so I wanted to make a cocktail with rose. Okay. But I also didn't want it to be soapy. Fair. Yeah. Because yeah. that is like a thing balance, that yeah. I've learned on the Great British Bake Off that like things are soapy. So this is one ounce gin, one ounce Lillet Blanc, 0.75 ounces of rose simple syrup. I did buy food grade dried roses. Yay! To put with the simple syrup. It's a very like nice aesthetic process. Your whole kitchen smells like rose. I mm. highly recommend it. If you're oh. like stressed uh, or if you like Me. trying to decide what to paint your Me. bedroom. Me. <laughs> so 0.75 ounces of rose simple syrup, 0.75 ounces of lemon juice. You mix that all together and then when you pour it out into the glass, you do two dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Ooh. Mm. That is different from aromatic bitters. I don't really know how it's different, but it's <laughs> Just different. It's science. Anyway, science. Cheers. I do love a gin drink, so like, I assume I'm gonna like this. Mmm. Ooh. Mmm. Sweet. There's not citrus in this. There is. It's there lemon is. juice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard, forgot. Okay, I was like, it's very. It's very sweet. Ooh, this is good. like it's a, very balanced. Mm-hmm. It's a very balanced. Mm. It does have like a very. It does. It does taste like rose, but not. Soapy, it does have that. It doesn't taste soapy. Yeah, it's in the mid. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like, I, th- I think the citrus hits first. Yeah. And then you get like the rose and the herbal in stuff. The, in the more syrupy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Let's uh, let's get into this fic. As I've said, this is Draco Malfoy and the Mortifying Ordeal of Being in Love. It is by Is This Self-Care? <laughs> Which, uh, at number one, is <laughs> reading 200,000 words in five days self-care. Anyway, I'm, honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, yes, and also no. I don't know what the fuck she put in this fic, but like it has drugged me and like I think thousands of other people. It's, it is interesting that the word crack means crazy and not like addictive. Addictive. This author has decided to remain largely anonymous. Good for them. This is the only fic on this account that they have. Ooh. It's funny because, like, through the notes, you can see that she, like, kind of decided to have more ways to contact her because I think, like, this became so popular. Mm. So there's a Tumblr account now, and there is an email, and I left um, a really embarrassingly... The mortifying ordeal (laughs) of leaving an AO3 comment. (laughs) Truly. Yeah, I left like a very embarrassing comment, but about how like um, I'm my in soul love with was her. shuttered and <laughs> I've been in love okay, with you. Like, obviously, I don't know anything about the. <laughs> and kick, if you could have like, my children, I would be okay with that. Yeah, but like um, only in a literary not, sense, not like a physical sense. Sense. Can you please turn my everyday life into like a just a just like a three sentence paragraph? And if you could just, I would love it. If you could just follow me around Did and whisper sweet literatures like, in my ear. Why that choice was made before the fic was popular? Because like, so I did. Okay, okay, so I did reach out to her through yeah. the gmail that she um has and an embarrassing comment this is what she wrote me uh what i wanted to explore in this story was an adult draco who had gone through the de-radicalization process described in pottermore which is in parentheses quote a conversion from pure blood ideals to a more tolerant life view finding himself meeting Hermione again 15 years after the war. I wanted Draco and Hermione to get to know these new, better versions of each other, where Draco is an accomplished, but still arrogant and starky, horror, mm. and Hermione mm. is a preeminent researcher and healer, mm. but still Ooh. a massive swat. 
It is an enemies to lovers in the sense that their initial feelings towards one another, while not as openly antagonistic as their school years, are certainly not warm. But after a lot of bickering and adventures and mutual life savings, they discover, Shakur, that they are more, far more compatible than they ever thought they would be. That's upsetting. <laughs> I don't want to fall in love with my enemy. A bit about her. Pronouns she, her. Uh, she says, I've been writing creatively for 20 years and it fucking shows. Good job. <laughs> I found there to be so much freedom writing under a completely unknown pseudo and had a blast mucking about with all of my favorite tropes. It's been fun to write uh, with absolutely no pressure and expectations. I don't think I've ever written a story with as much joyous self-indulgence as this one. What if they're mm. like a writer for like a major newspaper? On <laughs> or like a published author. Like, <laughs> no. No one I know. saw I- Claire's expression while she said that, but it was like pure awe. I see what you're saying, Grace. I was trying to be like, we've already like theoretically stumbled. Like, we've probably read a published author's yeah, work. Yeah, like, statistically, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking more like, who would be even more incentivized? But I was just thinking it would be like even more fun if like their traditional job was like not writing fiction at all. Like yeah, they covered totally, politics or something. Yeah. And then yeah. what they do to like blow off steam is like they write. That's actually, I do love that. See, because it's like, because that's it, a cool idea. Like, not that I, not that I don't love published authors also having fun, because I do love that. But it would just also be like really fun to like, if you found out this like super serious Washington Post writer was <laughs> like, like someone also, who writes for like Vice or something. Yeah, yeah like, someone who like, you know, like super. Also writes for like, fan fiction. No, right. Has like a, they have like a Pulitzer, but then they also write like Drabble. They also have the most kudos on the enemies to lovers tag, so I think we can weigh both accomplishments here. I do love that. Okay, so then she also added for other bits and bobs, um, so unresolved sexual tension, denial, and banter are some of my favorite things to write, so this fic is rife at those things with an eventual smutty denouement. Smut. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of research, the canon gesture. This is actually very interesting. I did specifically ask about this. Uh, the canon gestured toward older magics or beliefs here and there, e.g. the Yule Ball. It was fun to broaden that to indulge the entirety of the pagan calendar that underpins the plot of mm. mortifying ordeal. Ooh. And of course, making up my own things as I went along. Okay, so as she said, this takes place 15 years after the war. Uh, therefore, our characters are in their like early 30s. 32. Welcome 30. to adulthood. Hello. It sucks Hello. every day. 30. Draco is an auror. He is a very good auror. Okay. Hermione is a healer and a magical researcher. So she does like research mm, on, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. magical cures. And that so does she's almost kind of like uh like chemist botanist. Yes. Okay. Yes. That does make more sense for her than whatever. Right. Yeah. We ignore that. Don't talk about it. Wait, what what is she canonically? No, I don't know. No, it doesn't exist. I know. It, it's I not canon. It's not canon. In this universe, she does everything, which is honestly very Hermione-esque. Not she is everybody. a doctor. She's a healer for like witches and wizards, mm-hmm. but she's also a doctor for muggles. And she does research. She kind of combines science with mm-hmm. like magic. Yeah. And uses a lot of like scientific methods mm-hmm. with like magical properties. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so for anyone who wants to read this, I'm going to try not to spoil Completely anything. Spoil it. Uh, but basically, she is working on like this top secret magical research project. Because of this, she told the prime minister, which in this universe is King Lizzie Shacklebolt, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that is fun. And he has decided that she needs like official protection. And who is that? 
Not her best friend, Harry Potter. Not her ex-boyfriend, Ron Weasley. No, it's going to be... Oh, that also would be fun. Draco Malfoy. (laughs) This kind of turns into like this like buddy road trip type situation. Because she is like following the pagan holidays. And she's like, I got to go like do research in these like certain places because blah, 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 blah. So basically they they end up like going all these different places and like having these like very adorable experiences. Cute. Um, So that's like the broad structure of the fic. For this chapter, we will be reading chapter 17, The Dinner slash Draco Malfoy Almost Causes the Next Murder Sensation. One thing that is key to know is that McLaggen, if you remember him. (laughs) The name is familiar, but nothing about the man. (laughs) He was in Gryffindor. He was like the keep. He wanted to be keeper when Ron also was like keeper. And so there was like a fight about like who's going to be keeper. But uh, he is like still around and he's like, I believe like a rich, influential like businessman or whatever. And he likes Hermione. Oh. Still. And so he like low key like is stalking her just like harassing her he is like kind of obsessed with her and like what a weird really wants to go on a date with her and she very much is like get away from me it's so weird that like being a wizard is probably like growing up in a small town like the people you went to high yeah. school with yeah oh 100 percent. you continue to like 100%. see them forever so i did cut this chapter down to make it um somewhat <laughs> reasonable inappropriate length it's still long as fuck okay we're gonna be here for a minute We'll probably take a break. People but. have been asking for Harry Potter, so we are here oh, yes. give to the give you the Harry Potter fandom delivered. that we usually avoid. All right. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. To Draco's devious pleasure, McLagan took him up on the invitation to pop by the pitch a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. Draco, of course, has his own personal Quidditch pitch. Because he's how rich. Is, uh, I guess family rich, not He still lives at Malfoy rich. Manor. Oh. Yes. What? He's like 32. That's but how rich, generational wealth sometimes works. And it's, like, not the same as living in your parents' basement yeah, when you're, like, living in, the, like, a wing of your parents' house. Yes. But it's the basement. <laughs> An unfortunate sequence of events occurred, which had positively, absolutely, nothing to do with Draco. Wet conditions, terribly aggressive bludgers, temperamental brooms that resulted in McLagging taking a tumble off his broom from 30 meters up. Oh, no. I think that's like 30 yards, right? That's 90 feet. Yeah. Well, fuck. That's (laughs) That's a lot of feet. That's nine stories. (laughs) Holy shit. That's really high. (laughs) Yikes. I say, said Davies, watching McLagging being carted off the pitch by Mediwitches. That bludger had it in for the bloke. They have medi- Wait, they have medic witches at his private pitch? His rich, I think Grace. They, I th- no, no, no. I think they, like, he fell off the broom and they, like, called the- Oh, okay. I was like, that's a lot. No, no. <laughs> they, like, called the people. He just has, like, an they- on-call nurse. Called 999. They school nurse. Yeah, they called 999. That bludger had it in for the bloke. I didn't even hit it that hard, said Zabini. Poor old egg, said Draco. First time back in the broom in a while, as I understand it. Perhaps bludgers can smell fear, suggested Zabini. Hope he doesn't put him off the sport, said Davies. We need a decent keeper. Bickford's moving to Spain. The general mood was a little subdued after the accident. The players decided to call it quits for the night, said their goodbyes, and disoperated off to shower. All except for Draco, who found, to the contrary, that the accident had had a stimulating effect on his morale. He left the pitch feeling quite invigorated. Da da dot. Granger had a grievance to air. This development was heralded by her silver otter, which found Draco the next evening. That's her Patronus. Yeah. Uh, the timing was hideous. Draco was on a sensitive stakeout in Faulmere, about to apprehend the notorious Thomas Talfrin. That is a bad wizard that he's been trying to catch for a while. 
You, you promised you wouldn't do anything, shrieked Granger's otter into Graco's face. You're the worst. Wait, the Patronuses can talk? Yes. Don't yes. you remember that they can do that? No, I know the envelopes can talk. The what? The envelopes. Oh, yeah. Oh, the envelopes. <laughs> yeah, no, your Patronus can talk, too. Weird. That's canon. Got that. Yeah. 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 You're the worst. The shrill sound of Granger's voice echoed through the alley where Draco had been hidden. Telfrin, who had been smoking in a doorway, just out of stunning range, started and disoperated. Fucking fuck, hissed Draco. The otter, having conveyed its message, disappeared. With a snarl, Draco pulled out Granger's schedule. She was home, which was perfect because he was going to murder her. He knows where she is at all times because he's about to go. Does he have to live with her? You understand. No. Oh. So they've arranged, there's a there's a whole plot of how they got around that that I won't go into, but cool, cool. Okay. they've organized Good to know. He operated to her cottage in an exceedingly foul mood. He swept her he swept her wards aside and stormed up the path to her front door, which he proceeded to hammer. Granger flung open the door with a vehemence that suggested that she, too, was on the warpath. Okay, so uh, the next section is basically a giant block of text. And so I have recruited my dear friend Grace to play the role of Hermione. I'm so excited. That- I got a weird Google Doc, which just has some like dialogue out of context. Yeah. And I was so confused. Yeah, yeah. you're just going to read the uh, highlighted portions, then I will read everything else. I'm glad to have some serious acting chops. I was going to say, uh, Grace, we have theater degrees. We have acted together for years. Could do a British accent if I, I was gonna say- wanted to. Grace will be playing the part of Hermione. Granger. I will be channeling your one Hermione because her accent is most prominent at that time. And <laughs> I will be playing the part of the chorus. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm. If I could be on the edge of my seat, I, I would be. This. I read this for the first time before we started. Okay, recording. great. I'm excited. Okay, yeah, great. I'm gonna let okay. this wash over me. Okay. Okay. One more time. Granger flung open the door with a vehemence that suggested that she, too, was on the warpath. You're a bloody idiot, said Draco, by way of greeting. Me, said Granger. (laughs) She was wild about the eyes. Me, you're the idiot. You weren't to touch McLagan. You just ruined my best chance to catch bloody Telfred with your stupid otter. You sent McLagan to A&E. I've been pursuing Telfred for three fucking months, snarled Draco. Guess who was on the night shift at A&E last night, screeched Granger. Telfrin has charges against him longer than my arm. Beast baiting, forgery, blood sports, racketeering, cruelty to magical creatures, extortion. I had to take care of that troglodyte for four fucking hours. You broke all of his limbs. Fraud, (laughs) assault, smuggling, and you utterly bodged it. Now he's gone again. McLaglin lived his every bloody hot nurse fantasy last night thanks to you, said Granger, jabbing her finger into Draco's chest. Draco snatched her hand and pulled it down. If you could keep your fucking emotions under control, <gasps> I'd have my man in shackles. But no, you would descend your rabbit otter. My <gasps> emotions? Blaze Granger. You're the one who worked himself up into a lather over McLagan. You're the one who spectacularly bollocks my stake out with your shrieking. Yes. If you had kept your word, none of this would have happened. Yes. I didn't even do anything. The man fell off his broom like this, like the hollow-headed cretin he is. I don't believe you for an instant. Believe whatever you want. I will. You're an opportunistic ghoul. You're a <gasps> quarrelsome bloody shrew. I can't stand oh, you. I can't stand you. And then they kiss. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's where my text ends. Oh, man. That was heightened. Then they stood, tempers ablaze, lips parted, breasts coming quickly, and waited for the other to spit out a retort so they might continue tearing off each other's heads. And then close. 
<laughs> Somehow, in the process of their screaming match and finger-jabbing, they had come to stand close together. Oh, no. Granger was on the doorstep so that, for once, her height almost matched Dra- <gasps> Draco's. He felt her breath flutter against his chin. Her anger made her glow. Her gaze was afire with the heat of her conviction. Her cheeks were flushed. She wanted to throttle him as much as he wanted to throttle her. Kiss, kiss, kiss. And there was a moment of madness where the fulcrum between rage and passion wavered and tilted. Mm -hmm. And he could have throttled her Mm -hmm. or he could have crushed his mouth against hers. Hard to do something with the intensity of the feeling. Mm -hmm. To shut her up. Mm -hmm. To prove a point. Mm -hmm. Yes, and... The mad possibility (laughs) was contagious. Her eyes flitted to his mouth. Then she blinked. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) And like a thing awakening from a trance, looked distantly shocked. Realizing that he was still gripping at her hand. Good Lord, I have an erection. (laughs) (laughs) Draco. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Draco released it. And took a large step back. Mm. Granger, too, took a step away and looked like she'd rather toddle back to the crypt and throw herself onto the Crucio carpet than be there. That's a reference to an adventure they went on. Sure. Uh, hint, you should read the whole thing. I will. Her blush carried up from her cheeks to across the bridge of her nose. Cute. Draco, feeling utterly thrown off kilter by the moment. That's a capital M. The the moment. The TM. moment. TM. Cleared his throat, cast about for a thing to say. Nothing was forthcoming. And then said he'd best be off, as it was getting dark. Ah, my boner's down. (laughs) Granger looked anywhere but at him and said, right. Mutually satisfied with this mature, robust conclusion to their quarrel, they stepped apart even further, and Granger made as though to shut the door. There was a long, sustained meow from somewhere in the garden. (laughs) In the shadows, an orangey blotch advanced towards them. The cat paused at Draco's feet, and then... Rubbed against his leg because Cookshanks is like, this guy... Get back in there. (laughs) You got it, bro. Try one more time. As though it was bestowing a great gift upon him, Uh it wound itself around his boots and coated his trousers in orange. Draco was almost as wrong-footed by this as by the moment with Granger. He hardly knew what to do with himself. However, when he bent down to stroke the cat, it hissed at him and fled back He's into like, the dark garden. He's like, bitch, you're supposed to pet her, not me. I will say, so like throughout the fic, we follow like Crookshanks's, like there's a, like a, rela- a relationship that the cat Aww. has with Drake. It's very cute. It's a metaphor. Actually, for- yes. It's on his terms and his terms only, said Granger. Pernickety creature. Just like Granger. He is. It's true. Granger studied a, a bit of peeling paint on the doorpost. Draco stared at the wisteria. Granger bit her lip. Did I really ruin your stakeout? Yes, bitch. Yes. I mean, fair. Like, uh, Patronus is kind of <laughs> dramatic. Maybe y'all could have whispered. notable. A screaming Patronus. Oh, a screaming one, too. It was like, shit. Bitch, get back to my house. <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> Fucking otter came out of the sky and screamed at me. <laughs> it was really burdensome. Yeah, alarming. Did McLagan really end up with you last night? Can you imagine? Did he really break all four limbs? Apparently. Can you I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure. Can you imagine if you were like a criminal on the run and then all of a sudden like an otter just started screaming in your periphery <laughs> and you'd be like, oh shit, shit, I've been found. Oh fuck, we gotta get out. I don't want this otter to scream at me. <laughs> all four limbs, damn. Did McLagan really end up with you last night? Yes. They muttered something that may have been, to the listener with impossibly acute ears, an apology, in a language principally consisting of mutters and throat clearing. (laughs) (laughs) Their seething fury gave way now to a certain degree of abashedness, which Draco was more adept at hiding than Granger. 
Did he really have all of his limbs broken? Asked Draco. That's what I'm saying. All. And a concussion to boot. Uh-huh. Probably his ribs. Like, Jesus Christ. Yikes. Ah, poor boy. Hmm. Blood sports, though, asked mm. Granger, with a bit of do-gooder anxiety creeping into her voice. Nandu baiting. Nandu is a, like a dragon type thing. Hmm. Talfrin's made a bloody fortune on it, too. Shit, said Granger, looking freshly guilty. Indeed. The conversation petered out. The Wisteria's long fronds fluttered in the breeze, so Draco looked at them again, out of pure intellectual curiosity. Granger took a powerful interest in a crack in the threshold. Draco was about to say that he had to be off, again, but Granger's stance shifted. She was no longer positioned to pounce at his throat. She was half-turned into the house, hesitating over something. Do you want to come inside and then come inside? (laughs) (laughs) Normally, Draco would have prompted her, rudely, but today he rather felt that he had used up his rudeness allowance. Mm. Granger cleared her throat and spoke in a smallish voice. I had something I wanted to show you. (laughs) What is it? My Granger dis- <laughs> My crooked shank. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's really funny, though. Because her pussy stay was crooked shank. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the joke I was making. You, like, jumped off it without even really hearing. <laughs> crooked shank. I don't know. Hey. hey Call me Hermione, because I got a crooked shank. <laughs> Your dick leans slightly to the left. <laughs> Wait, no, call me Hermione because I'll crook your shank. There you go. I have a, I have a unstrained vaginal canal. There is a bend this in my vagina. This is not the Stephen Green, but I can't stop at this point. It's okay. Main I mean, feed, main feed, main feed. I also think this like invites, you know, this invites all those things. This is one of the tags is unresolved sexual tension, so that means there's sexual tension. I'm yeah. also unresolved. All the time. <laughs> Claire is just in a constant state of unresolved yes. sexual tension. Okay, okay. I had something I okay. wanted to show you. What is it? Granger disappeared into the cottage and returned with a newspaper clipping. She passed it to Draco. Oh. It was from the seventh page of The Prophet, entitled Plundering in Province. That is a reference to another adventure that they went on. I am skipping that part. So buddy cop. Granger leaned against the doorpost, a small amount of her awkward tension gone. My next frolic will be devastatingly boring in comparison. I'll believe that when I see it. It's true. I'm only going to Hogwarts. That won't be till later in the summer at... Lugnasad. Oh, damn it. What is that? You know, number one, that's a pagan holiday. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to pronounce that. Lugnasad. There's also a fair Uh amount of... uh, So I think this author is like part French. Uh And there's a fair amount of French and I was going to ask you how to pronounce the French and I forgot. So, you know. Whoopsies. Well, we all know my French is like uh, weak at best. His his high school style. That's a future problem, okay? It's fine. Uh, so that won't be till later in the summer. Not because any magical potencies are at play, mind you, it's just my next weekend off before. A shrill sound interrupted her. Draco's first thought was a ward alarm. He whooped around, brandishing his wand with every intention to maim. Granger gasped, I left the cooker on! (laughs) Granger plunged into the house. Draco followed to witness whatever entertainment was to come. She pulled something out of the cooker, something quite black. Draco opened a window. oven? Yes. Okay, I don't know British slang for kitchen stuff. Yes, I believe it's oven. It's like, it's that or a crock pot? <laughs> it's not a crock pot. Okay. The cooker. You'll see, you'll see. Everything is a cooker. It'll make, when you see what it is, it'll make sense it's not a crock pot. Okay. It's, it's an instant pot. <laughs> instant pot. Draco opened a window and conjured a stiff breeze to air the place out. I'm going to conjure a stiff breeze. <laughs> well, <laughs> said Granger, looking sad. That was dinner. 
Hmm. Said Draco. Sounds like you guys gotta go get dinner together. Sounds like you gotta go get. I'm sending the call. Draco had naively thought that her font of fury had been drained. He was wrong. Granger was always an an additional supply of wrath. Infinite fury. (laughs) Yes. This is your fault, said Granger, turning towards him with a hand on her hip. You distracted me. Ha. What was it? Asked Draco, to ascertain whether or not he should feel bad. Granger pointed to the bin. A box was sticking out of it, which indicated that it had been Miss Mabel's frozen fish pie. Ew. That's so sad. That sounds so gross. I haven't the slightest regret, said Draco. The British eat stuff like that. Granger scraped the black in a heap into the bin, along with the box, which was, in Draco's opinion, where it had belonged in the first place. Wait, she was making a fish pie and a chicken? No, no, she was making like a fro. She was making like a frozen dinner to begin with. Where did you get chicken? Didn't she say that something wasn't a chicken was in the oven? You said a chicken. That? You said a chicken was in the oven. You told no. me I should tell the roofer that there was a chicken in the oven, and that's why I couldn't wow, speak to what him. A call, what a callback to a thing that's definitely been cut. <laughs> your fault and okay. he's like um my fault he's like i'm sorry i burnt your frozen dinner nasty fish that pie. belonged in the trash in the first place <laughs> sorry i burned your instant dinner <laughs> now grancher was poking about her cupboards the contents of which were two tins of tuna dried beans and a packet of biscuits yeah, i was gonna say she doesn't strike me as domestic no she's also like two bit. she's a workaholic Stop looking so judgy. Draco, feeling very judgy indeed about the dried beans, was struck by an impetuous, mad, wild idea. Shall we get dinner together? Granger. Crazy. What? Come with me to dinner. Ow. Granger, who had disappeared halfway to Narnia to retrieve a stale box of crackers, pulled out of her What a weird reference to throw into a different story. I know, but it's fanfic, Grace. (laughs) It's British, Grace. I do like the, I like the idea that that exists. Also, it's that Harry Potter universe. It's that theoretically, you know, if C.S. Lewis was a muggle, they would have still had technically, (gasps) Granger would have access to Narnia. But is the closet just like a port key to (gasps) Narnia, which is a real place in (gasps) the Harry Potter world? Yes. Yes, and. I like it. It's like Russia. Yeah. Or someplace called. Where there's, there's lots of snow. <laughs> oh, it's just like a magical yeah. place in yeah, Russia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just like, implying Russia was like a magical no, land. No, no, no. It's like no. Serbia. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mongols call it Russia, but we call it You know, it that would also explain, <laughs> yeah. like in the same way that like all the wizarding world has like, you know, magical barrier around so muggles don't like wander into it by accident. Mm. Just like Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. All makes what? sense. Pull it together. Wow. Okay, we're going out for dinner. (laughs) Granger, who had disappeared halfway to Narnia to retrieve a stale box of crackers, pulled out of her cupboard. What? Draco repeated himself slowly with interpretive gestures that she would understand. (laughs) You. Me. Dinner. He might as well have suggested setting fire to a children's hospital for all the shock his suggestion generated. You want to eat dinner with me? Tonight? On purpose? No, said Draco, with a thick layer of sarcasm slathered across the top. 
by accident. We'll trip up to the table with our mouths open and mash in some hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> I mean. Granger was still looking at him askins. Draco raised his eyes to the ceiling. She was making such a thing of this. I promise that if I were going to poison you, it would have been upon my arrival. Not now. There's a rather large amount of food waiting for me at the manor, and it would delight the elves. He is house elves. Mm. And, he hastened to add, my mother is in Florence. She mm. was still regarding him in a suspicious kind of confusion. Her Empty arms crossed in the typical no Granger parents. defense bl- stance. Why? It's my fault you burnt your cardboard pie. Granger's raised eyebrows suggested that a lot of things were his fault, for which she had never attempted to make amends previously, so he would have to pardon her misgivings. Shall we go? asked Draco, ignoring these rather just qualms. Granger stood, unmoving, studying him skeptically, as though she was trying to work out his ulterior motive. It was a stark and aggravating contrast to the typical witch's reaction to a dinner invitation from Draco Malfoy, (laughs) which was usually breathless yeses and a great many giggles. Not that he was inviting her to that kind of dinner. Uh Uh-huh. He was simply observing the distinction. The smell of burnt fish pie wafted from the bin and settled around them in a gentle, tragic aura. Yeah, accurate. It's <laughs> sounds so gross. <laughs> it spurred Granger to action. She crammed the bin's lid on tightly, turned, and made for the stairs. Women didn't run from Draco as a general rule. <laughs> Quite the contrary. It was an unfamiliar and unpleasant sensation. Oi, said Draco, vexed. I'm going to change, called Granger. I'm not going to the manor in my house things. Besides, I stink like burnt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna. she gets changed. They, like, make their way to the manor. She's going to eat a house elf dinner? So Ethical qualms. I mean, there's <laughs> a being conversation. Paid now. I also, that's the thing, is I, I can't remember exactly but i feel like they are i don't i don't remember if them i don't remember if they were being paid but they like have like vacation <laughs> yeah they're like unionized like a, like a live-in babysitter or something like i mean no no they're just cook. like actual like i mean rich people exist and they do have chefs and yeah. they do have like you know the whole downton abbey of it all mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. like i think they're just like paid and they got I, yeah they got i don't know and- the matter's large front door swung open at their approach One of the younger house elves scurried across the entrance hall with a high-pitched word of welcome. And then he saw Granger. He squeaked in surprise, disoperated, and then his high voice echoed from the kitchens. Master is home, and he brought a lady. Make whipped cream! (laughs) (laughs) Then the elf operated before them again. As though he hadn't gone anywhere in Can the first place. Can you imagine you come home on a first date? Let's pretend you even were on a first date. And you like walk in and all of his servants are like, get the sexual accoutrements ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are just specific weird requests. Would you, okay, would you stay? If you walked in and the servant like yellow, yelled I would that. be curious. Am I, am I into it? Yeah. I mean, I want to know what's going to happen. I'm I mean, curious. yes. Like, it's I need to really see, weird. like, do condoms appear? Is it lube? Is it whipped cream? I will, I do, you know, because I do like... think I would stay because I would want to know, like, what are they? Does it throw you off your vibe, though? No. <laughs> no, I, don't think I so. have a chaotic okay. enough vibe. I've been on a lot of bad dates, so I would probably, knowing would me, stay? I would have stayed just because I'd be like, well, you're curious. You walk into a house and all of your man's roommates yell, get the whipped cream! <laughs> <laughs> yeah Kyle's got a lady get the whipped cream I would stay I would also stay and I would be like so you, we're gonna have to do some makeup work for or that I'm gonna be friends with all your roommates <laughs> yeah your roommates sound like they seem real fun really fun <laughs> they seem delightful um, That's, that also seems like a good prank 
Honestly. Oh my god, yeah. It's like a weird code word. Like, yeah. okay, we gotta figure out if what Ties who, on the door, guys, ties on the door. Draco <laughs> brings home a lady. What's the plan? Then the elf operated before them again, as though he hadn't gone anywhere in the first place. Welcome, sir and miss. Thank you, Toopy. Could you tell the kitchens that I will be joined by my colleague, Healer Granger, for dinner? Draco Doctor. Draco might as well have broken the house elf's heart with this clarification. Of course, sir, he said, his large eyes filled with sudden devastation. Aw. And we want to dine on the South Terrace, added Draco. Not the hard terrace. How how obnoxious would I be if I started referring to, like, my balcony as, like, 100% please do it. No, please do. What's a soft terrace? It's got... South. South. Oh, I thought you said soft. I was like, okay. Did I say soft? You... I might have heard soft. Doesn't mean you said it. And we want to dine on the South Terrace. South Terrace. South Terrace. South but terrace. also yes Makes you should sense. refer to your upper balcony as the soft we'll terrace. be down we'll be dining on the south terrace to be bowed and disoperated distantly his shrill voice echoed with a request to cancel the whipped cream ah granger looked bemused <laughs> whipped cream never mind that don't worry about it <laughs> it's not for sex if that's what you're thinking <laughs> let's let's have an aperitif to start i think we've just launched a panic in the kitchens Granger was not quite so fixated on her feet as she had been during her last visit. She glanced around, taking in the white walls, the enchanted clusters of candles floating every few paces, the fires ablaze in the many hearths. The new manor was a sight less dreary than the old. So, she was tortured in Malfoy Manor. What? Oh, yeah. So she has, like, trauma related to Malfoy Manor. When did that happen? The last book? I don't remember. Is it in? Yeah. I forgot that was Malfoy Manor. Yeah. I thought it meant within the fic. No, no, no. That's canon. She's tortured in Malfoy Manor. Yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) Uh, And so, but also like the manor in this world has undergone all these renovations. It looks looks different. different. It's not the same. Malfoy has been rehabbed. The manor has been rehabbed. Yes. The house elves. It's a visual Exactly. Draco steered her to one of the salons, which was well supplied with all manner of snacks. They had mm. 20 seconds to select a seat and pick at the olives before Toby materialized again, desiring to know what they would like to drink. His name Toby? Toopy. Oh. A cognac for me, <laughs> said Draco. And for colleague, Hilo Granger. And for Toopy. colleague. No. Red Not wine, please. Cabernet Sauvignon. Merlot. Mm. Pinot Noir. Mm. Malbec. As Toopy. Granger appeared paralyzed by the onslaught of choices. She's uh, box. Uh, I'll try the <laughs> Malbec box. Thank you. Malbec? A red blend, please. To be bowed and disoperated. I'll take a house. <laughs> Next came Henriette, who was slightly better at concealing her excitement. Only her quivering ears gave her away. Mademoiselle Granger, she said with a curtsy before proffering a tray. Uh, now follows a bunch of French words that I'm not going to attempt to uh, pronounce. Give it a try. Yeah. I recognize uh, ah. the word courgette, and I think saban and pesto. And so imagine Wait, that I know. on what a is plate. A, what is a courgette? I know what a courgette is. It's a cucumber. Yeah. Hmm? Henriette disoperated. Granger opened her mouth to say something, but there was another crack, and Toopy operated with drinks. Draco was given his with the usual amount of politeness, but Granger's was placed in her hand with the utmost care. Toopy disoperated. Draco opened his mouth to speak, but a third elf operated from the kitchens to ask whether a colleague Healer Granger had any allergies or preferences the kitchens should be aware of. She did not. The kitchen elf disoperated. I prefer not having house elves as the help. <laughs> Granger attempted a comment, but Henriette cracked into existence with serviettes and tiny forks and disoperated again. 
Draco and Granger eyed each other warily as silence descended upon the salon, half expecting another loud crack to interrupt their next attempt at conversation. They're a bit... a bit intense, aren't they? said Granger. They are positively itching for guests, said Draco. (laughs) When my mother is away, there aren't any functions to host, and there's only me to feed. Hmm. This entire tray is enough for dinner, said Granger, selecting a salmon bellini. Uh, no. Save your appetite. Wait, what does bellini mean? I have no idea. Because I only know a peach not bellini. I'm googling it. <laughs> does it not have to do with champagne and peaches? No, that's bellini. This is oh. bellini. Oh, okay. Or bellini. It's like a little cracker with some salmon. A little See, it's like a little, it's a little canapé. Cute. <laughs> They meandered towards the South Terrace. Not the soft terrace, the South Terrace. <laughs> it was an exquisite summer night, warm but blessed with a sweet, playful little breeze. The breeze toyed with the escaped tendrils of Granger's hair and tugged at the hem of her dress. Mm, Not that Draco was looking at her. Draco left Granger to admire a prospect of the gardens while he strode ahead to see if the table was ready. He was satisfied with what the house elves had put together on such short notice. A silver table and two chairs, a surfeit of summer flowers, lending their perfume to the night air, and a real extravagance of lanterns and fairy lights. It was, however, terribly romantic. Uh-huh. Henriette was laying- all terraces are. <laughs> Henriette was laying it on rather thick, given that Draco had specified a colleague. He had had countless dinners and drinks with colleagues and collaborators. Smith McLagan, too. <laughs> <laughs> If only his all Whip his limbs were broken. <laughs> McLaggen is here. <laughs> Perfect cream. The cream. <laughs> and the fairy lights. <laughs> he had uh, had countless dinners and drinks with colleagues and collaborators al fresco over the summer, and Henriette had never once seen fit to decorate with roses. Red roses. Ooh, la, la. Get it? Rose! Woo! Woo! The vibe! <laughs> Henriette, he called. We, replied Henriette. The, she is French. A French house She's elf? a French house elf. Yes. Cute. Cracking into existence at his side. You are scallywag. She says something in French that I think means I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Said Henriette, shrugging her lack of comprehension. The roses, Henriette. What about them, monsieur? They are too much. Too much what, Monsieur? Too much everything, Henriette. <laughs> this is a phrase that comes back, so maybe, I don't know. I'm debating whether or not I should pronounce this French sentence. And then also, like, berating myself for not <laughs> practicing. <laughs> you don't know French, it's fine. <laughs> I speak German, and that's part of the reason it sounds dumb. Very different languages. Il faut se laisser en cela. The Babies? cat's trying to correct you. <laughs> Are you the French? cat speaks French. <laughs> Babies, <laughs> come up here. Come practice your French, babies. Vous vous avec moi. C'est soir. Il faut se laisser ensorceler, monsieur. What? Dude, Awful. how does anyone speak French? It's, it's a this dumb is a language. Real question. What I the tried. fuck is that? And it's really hard. <laughs> when you're looking at it and you hear it, it... There's I, way too many letters. Wow. No, no. there's. it doesn't make any sense. No, no, it's that, here's my problem. I can, like, read French okay because I've, like, learned enough vocabulary to right. be like, this is what this means. I cannot speak or listen for shit. Okay, I looked it up 
uh, it, it <laughs> means, it translates to, you have to let yourself be bewitched, sir. Uh, for anyone who speaks French, I commend you because I have no idea they're, how They're you pulling a real kiss the girl. <laughs> yes. Kiss yes. the girl. Sha la 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 la. My oh my. It looks like the boy's too shy. You, you gotta, gotta kiss, kiss the girl. girl. Ah! Ah! Exactly like that, but also French. <laughs> okay, fake French. <laughs> Which was just what Draco was asking for, really. Unsolicited mysticism about allowing himself to be bewitched. Take them away, Henriette. They're talking about the roses still. Yes. No, I Those shouldn't. are the only thing that are too much. <laughs> They're at the peak of their bloom, monsieur. It seems a pity to waste them. Nevertheless, I'd like... Oh, came Granger's voice. The roses. Mm? Henriette gave Draco a long look, which suggested that, as always, she knew best. And if he'd stop second-guessing her, he would also stop making a fool of himself, the silly boy. Granger was clutching her hands together, standing before the table. How beautiful. I've never seen this variety. Is it double-flowered? And the coloration, mm. it's so deep. It's the Apolline, said Henriette. The rose garden is quite resplendent with them, mademoiselle. You should go for a walk after dinner. I am sure Monsieur would be pleased to escort you in Madame Malfoy's absence. Mm. Mm -hmm. The Monsieur in question gave <laughs> Henrietta a quelling look in the face of this fresh impertinence. Granger, however, found a vast delight in the idea and said that she would adore it and asked where the Apolline had come from and how long they had had her, etc. Food first, then feminine ecstasies about the rose garden, mm -hmm. said Draco. Granger and Henriette both regarded him coolly and made Draco feel the weight of their low opinion of him. Mm. Henriette indicated that she would fetch their first course. Granger took her chair with a sniff. I wouldn't want my feminine ecstasies to get in the way of your masculine appetites, of course. <laughs> Draco had a smirk in his cognac. And what do you know about my masculine appetites? Only that they are unrelenting. Mm. Accurate. What a word for someone who is not talking about sex. I feel like Masculine I've never heard appetite is so I've never heard specific. that is well, I've so never heard erotic. I've mm -hmm. never heard unrelenting used in not a like sexual way. Yeah. And not a way that you were like my under like my like tone, like my intentions are to like hint at at that when, when wink, say wink. to your platonic coworker, yeah i wouldn't be yeah, <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't be like My you have an unrelenting, unrelenting work Claire. ethic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in a friend way we're unrelenting friends. you're an unrelenting friend thanks grace uh, doesn't it sound like i'm trying to woo you <laughs> unrelenting gross <laughs> only that they are unrelenting accurate and impair your judgment sometimes we can only hope that they will be satisfied by Henriette's entree. Then perhaps we can have a civil conversation about roses, uninterrupted. <laughs> what partially is this satisfied? <laughs> Probably it's a sexy one. They're this flirting, Grace. So hardcore, though. Yes, like unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> we need an unresolved sexual tension bell. Unresolved. <laughs> ding, 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 sexual. ding, 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 ding. Granger regarded him with, a, with narrowed eyes, as though she was detecting the double entendre, but mm -hmm. wasn't quite sure he meant it. Uh, how? <laughs> Draco decided to let her stew in the uncertainty because he is, like, so deadpan. Be coy. It's like, I mean, have you ever met anyone who's kind of, like, they're so deadpan, mm. and they're so mm -hmm. committed, mm -hmm. and they're also so consistent, where it's like, That's are fair. you joking? Yes. I have worked with those yeah, people. Are, are you fair. flirting with me? Yeah. 
French food that I'm not going to pronounce announced Henriette as she and Toopy arrived with crab. Oh, there we go. Crab and herb butter. Whatever that is. Crab and herb butter? Crab and herbed butter. I said herbed. Wow. You did say herbed. I was channeling the British. Herbed. I do love a herbed butter. Um, (laughs) As evidenced by that time we went to that restaurant. Oh, yeah. And you ate all of the butter. Love an herbed butter. That was great, actually. That was great. You did eat. It was funny because, like, Grace and I shared one and did not finish it, and you Mm. had your own and (laughs) ate all of it. Correct. (laughs) That's good bread and butter. I love butter. They ate. Grandrew was dainty about it, as she tended to be, and easily distracted by long looks out past the terrace and on to the candlelit grounds. Draco half wanted to interrupt her and bring her back to the important things, himself. (laughs) But it was also rather nice to sit in companionable silence and sip their drinks. Dinners at the manor were normally agenda-driven affairs, with either the guests or Draco having something to gain or something to lose. This one was unique for its lack of any of those pressures. Draco had no maneuvering to do, and he wasn't being manipulated against. They were merely eating together as he made small reparations for a burnt fish pie. Granger had no designs on his fortune or his person. This is just a friend dinner. Totally normal. Sometimes being with her was easy. In a friend way. Comfort. They're comfortable together. No, Josie, that's... did you read a hurt comfort? <laughs> no. No one was hurt. No. They find each other's They were presence. hurt long ago, Grace. It still counts. It doesn't count. They find each other's <laughs> presence comfortable no, in a completely platonic way and not at all in a soulmate way. <laughs> not at all in a sexy way. Okay, so I thought about cutting this part, but like, I actually think this is interesting. So, <laughs> How do you know so much about roses anyway? Asked Draco. My mom used to grow them, said hmm. Granger, with a kind of labored insouciance. Used to? She's quit the hobby? <gasps> Wait. I don't hmm. know. I mm-hmm. haven't seen my parents in years. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Because I have legitimate questions about the Hermione fandom and their use of her relationship to her parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this, like, we'll we'll continue on and we can talk about it. Yeah. This is because we got, like, a a little bit of this left. And we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. Given that she was trying to look unaffected, Draco did not question her further on the subject, which he thought showed great delicacy. I will say, like, this is, but this is the writing is, like... Draco is so like he's just like so congratulatory of myself, and that's yeah. part of part of what like makes him look a at funny me not character read making shit right. worse. He's like, look, <laughs> I understood this was a delicate moment, and I didn't do anything to make she it worse. She seemed uncomfortable, so and I I'm didn't so cry. Right. <laughs> look at me navigating yeah. social situation. A plus. Self five, self a plus five. emotional intelligence. Didn't make her cry. Hell yeah. Character <laughs> growth. Sure. However, Granger continued, I obliviated both of them during the war, sent them to Australia to keep them safe. By the time I'd found them again, it was too late to reverse the spell without risking damage to their minds. Mm. They're living quite happily in Adelaide and have no idea that they ever had a daughter. Uh. Ah, yes. Just what Draco had been hoping for. What? Some lighthearted <laughs> reminiscing about wartime tragedies. Oh, okay, good. Sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm. Sarcasm was real for a Slash second. Slash sarcasm. He didn't bother with words of sympathy because he didn't really do those, and she wouldn't believe he was being sincere anyway. This explains how careful you are with Obliviate, said Draco. They were, like, doing something, and he wanted to just Obliviate the smuggles' memories, and she was like, no, we, mm. like, don't need to do that. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was a hard lesson to learn. Minds, memories, aren't to be tempered with lightly. 
and I systematically dismantled 18 years' worth. That had repercussions. It kept your parents alive, said Draco. It did. At a cost. Granger finished her wine. Anyway, it's too beautiful an evening to be maudlin. Let's talk of other things. Um, and then they have their whole meal, and I skipped the whole meal. Um, so I kept that part in because I liked that, like, it was, it's, like, lightly addressed, this whole thing with her parents. They don't mm-hmm. really go deep into that, but, like, they talk about how she has regrets. They both have things they regret about their time from before. Right. They both had to address the trauma inside them. Right. Right. It's not just one person well, healing like, to meet another person. I feel like I, I asked maybe right. you in text, or maybe it was both of you, I can't remember, but I was like, I feel like this thing that took maybe like one page of the entire series of the original book would be hugely implicative in any works where we have to get into like where Hermione is now. Right. I mean, I think it was and I think that's part of the reason maybe why she like is a healer now. I don't don't know. Like this can't uh, but like I think it like greatly informed how she makes decisions. Right. Uh, and like, I, there are other fix who talk about that, mm-hmm. but you're, I think it's you're a, right. It's like a cornerstone of right. adulthood. And I think mm-hmm. it's part of longer fix, which I don't particularly read rather than the shorter fix I have read because yes, it is yes. such a detailed and like yeah. weird dynamic to like explore. It's more, it takes more than, a, than 5,000 words. To yeah. Traumatized. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ethics in there that like, there's a lot of, you know, Jamble Jorgudity, you know, Jean Moral Ambiguity. Jorgel <laughs> Jambiguity. Oh, yeah. Well, not even that. Wait, what did you say? Jorgel Jambiguity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what I said? Okay, so I'm going to skip over the dinner. Uh, we're they flirt gonna, and stuff. Yeah, they, they talk about like paper, whatever. They talk about more innuendos or whatever. It's very cute, but again, I don't know how to pronounce all the French food, so. <laughs> uh, Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. delicious. Don't believe this? Ask the dishes. <laughs> they can sing. It's from magic, and there's elves. Maurice, it's not the baguettes. <laughs> the baguettes. Anyway, B. I love that song. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. Okay. I also love that song. They finished their desserts. Henriette materialized and kindly reminded Monsieur that he was meant to take Mademoiselle through the Rose Garden. Then she stood, her small hands curled under her bony hips, and stared intimidatingly at him until he got up and offered his arm to Granger. Basically, he's like bullied into being a gentleman. Bully into being a date. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically what this is. Romance this woman, goddammit. Granger's touch on his arm was light at first, but after a few steps, her grip tightened. Shit. Is the ground a bit wobbly or am I completely battered? Which is a beautiful term for being drunk. That is I'm going to steal forever. Like a fish. <laughs> also, I, li- I like this one. I like this one too. We are both steeped to the tonsils in wine. Mm-hmm. Steeped. <gasps> steeped steeped is good. to the tonsils. Said Draco. Toopy's attentions were unrelenting. There we go. That one's, that one's not sexy, but you know. Weird it's though. Not. I feel like it <laughs> is. Is it not sexy? Are we sure it's not sexy? Grace is convinced that unrelenting is a sexual word only. Yeah. <laughs> unrelenting pressure. That's an opinion I've made just now for no reason. 
It was a miracle neither of them had said something tipsy and stupid yet. yet. But the night was young, mm. and the path to the gardens beckoned, and the possibilities for stupidities glimmered like candles let thine the way. Possibilities for stupidities. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> they wandered through a double row of lilacs heavy with bloom. On their right stood the greenhouse, its warm glow dappled by the riot of mauve blossoms. The breeze made the blossoms quiver and a butterfly tremble. The light shimmered across the path. In the mingling shadows, Granger held up her hand so that it silhouetted against the light of the greenhouse. It was steady. So she's been to Malfoy Manor before, and she was really anxious, and she, her hands were like mm. this, because she was okay. so nervous, so that's what that's Shaky. referencing. <laughs> she could yes. shake. This time they're steady because she's with someone she trusts. <laughs> it was her left hand that she held up. Her arm was bare, and against the skin of her inner arm lay that blur. <gasps> you know what this is. Granger turned, intending to continue down the path, but Draco interrupted by committing the first of the evening's stupidities. Later, he would blame the wine. He took her wrist, gently, but she nonetheless flinched and pulled it toward him. Granger was shocked. What are you... I didn't realize you still had this, said Graco. She's a healer. She, said, she could have fixed it. What is it? What is it? Said Draco. I'm confused. He turned her wrist so that the blur of the glamour caught the vacillating light. Well, I do. Her voice was uncertain. She stared at him with a wide-eyed wariness, a wild thing about to pull away and run. She smelled like the sweetness of the Sauternes. Two heavy words that Draco had been carrying around since Province came out with difficulty. I'm sorry. It was your mad aunt, not you. I did nothing to stop her. To this, Granger gave no answer. I suppose if there was a way to heal it away, you would have found it, said Draco. I would have. I tried a great many things, but some things don't heal. No, they don't. Granger was quiet for a moment. Then she waved the glamour away to reveal the word. Ugly thing. So this is movie canon. So mm. she's being tortured in Malfoy Manor. Yeah. That's canon in both the books and the movie. Yeah. In the movie, Bellatrix Lestrange carves mud blood mm. into her arm. Okay. So it's like scarred yeah, yeah, yeah. there. And so that's what they're referencing. Is oh, that she okay. has this, she has mud blood carved mm. into her arm. Sad. And she hasn't been able to get rid of it. Mm. The old injury stood clear on her skin, as raw as the day it had been carved. It glistened still. Draco's mouth was cottony and dry. For a moment, she was seventeen, lying as though dead on the drawing room floor, mere meters from where they stood. Then she was Granger again, a burning intelligence, a world changer. But still, for all that, marked. Draco's hold on her wrist grew a little tighter, shame and sorrow. Does it still hurt? asked Draco, because it looked too raw not to. Sometimes. I'm used to it now, though. Or I just forget. Draco had never had any intention to show her his own inner arm shame. Tattoo. All the oh. more shameful because it had been willingly acquired. Mm. Ooh. And yet, he found himself unbuttoning his cuffs and rolling up his sleeve. I did this to He myself. just has, like, selfish prick, like, written in his arm or something. <laughs> it's not the Damn snake. It. <laughs> it's not the skull and snake. No, I'm thinking what, like, Bellatrix would have <laughs> written on it. <laughs> She's like, idiot. Like, blonde idiot. Like <laughs> She's like, love you. <laughs> no, I don't think she would have liked it. <laughs> sucked. Thanks. Thanks, Grace. You're breaking this mood. <laughs> so I'm here. <laughs> what was left in his arm was a distorted, half-faded mark. Mm. Capital M. It was a grotesque mix of black flesh and ray scar tissue, now from failed attempts to remove it. Oh, gasped Granger. Mine's uglier. In every way, Granger. I wanted it. The gas had been shock more than horror. She was observing the twisted flesh with a healer's eye, one that had seen worse things. Granger was silent for a long time. 
At length, she said, but you don't want it anymore. No. That's what matters. It doesn't erase the past, said Drago. Hmm. The defiled arm he held between them was an eloquent attestation of that. No, but the choices you've made since define you more than those you made then. Do they? You were 16 years old. You were, we were all, child soldiers flung into a war, trying to do what we were taught what was right. Mm. Trying to protect our loved ones. Accurate, though. Must you be so terribly forgiving? (laughs) It's been 15 years, said Granger. She lowered her own arm. She looked weary. I can assure you that I've ruminated on the matter at length. I've forgiven those who deserve it. It rather interferes with my wallowing in self-reproach. Wallowing isn't productive. Now it was, feels good, though. I know. I mean, it's I it's like, like it. the it's like that uh, satisfying like hurt pain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. right, exactly. Like when you like break up with someone and you're like, I'm gonna read all of the messages that you sent to me. That and were then nice. you start crying and then you go and look at yourself in the mirror to see how ugly your tears are. Yeah. <laughs> so you cry more. So, <laughs> so you, you cry, cry more, more. You're like, oh, and I'm hideous. And then you like, wake up cry. the next day and you're like, I'm not gonna do that. And then six hours later, you do it again. Just feel. I've something. never done that. Nope. <laughs> me either. <laughs> What now are you guys was... talking about? That's not a real thing. No. <laughs> no, no, no one's ever done no that. No one does that. We all have self-respect. We are all super evolved. <laughs> and we're when we were 18. We're so healthy. I have always been this mature. Same. <laughs> and I continue to be highly evolved. <laughs> There's no room for improvement because I've reached the peak. I am perfection. <laughs> Now it was Granger's turn to take his wrist. She pulled it to a triangle of light amongst the shadows and leaned in to observe the mark more closely. Draco wanted to pull away, but she had been brave enough to let him look at hers, so he mustn't be a coward now. Mm. Her finger brushed over a scarred ridges and half-melted flesh that had never felt the touch of another's hand. Which I was like, oh, no one has like... Mm, touched no, the scar. No yeah. one has like seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. touch the mark. Makes sense. She looked heartsick. You tried to curse it off? Yes, said Draco, amongst other things. Years ago now. His arm twitched under his scrutiny. He wanted to pull the mark away again. It was so ugly, so misshapen, so full of hideous memories and shame. I don't think there's much it could do with this one either, said Granger. In terms of healing, I mean. The thought seemed to make her sad. Mine is a memento of some terrible decisions. It's well deserved. Yours, yours is a wretched tragedy. It is, said Granger. Then she added, well... They're both tragedies in different ways. More righteous forgiveness. I write sins, not tragedies. And made oh, Draco I was gonna start snapping. Okay. They stood in silence, and now she knew some of his griefs, and he knew some of hers. There was an intimacy to it, mm-hmm. to being seen. It was unfamiliar, mm-hmm. tender to the touch, unnerving. They stood in silence, and yet it wasn't silence. It was thick and dense and whirling. It weighed upon their eardrums and chests like a pressure. I should like a pithy conclusion or words of wisdom, said Draco, to cut through it. Yes, please, said Drink. Why do I keep saying Dranger? I, I don't know why. That's a good... You're just chipping them internally. <laughs> constantly. Dranger. Can't even say There's one of the names There's a tag that's like, no first names, we dare like men. And that's part of the issue is like, uh, there's never Hermione, it's always Granger. Uh, yeah. Which would make their couple name Manger. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Away in a manger, no room for the smut. <laughs> I should like a pithy conclusion or words of wisdom, said Draco, to cut through it. Yes, please, said Granger. She seemed relieved. I meant from you. Granger clasped her hands before her and looked up at and looked up to the stars as though she might find the pithiness there. 
the enervated cadaver of a man who gave us these scars is quite dead, and we are alive. I think that's good enough. <laughs> Draco rolled his sleeve back down and did up his cufflinks. Granger glamoured her scar back to the discreet blur. It's too beautiful an evening to be maudlin, said Draco. I do not sound that swatty, said Granger. You do. So we'll have a look at the roses. Have your feminine ecstasies at the ready. <laughs> feminine ecstasies. That is a specific phrase, dude. <laughs> Their footsteps were slow and drunk and deliciously aimless. It was perfect. Deliciously Wander, wander, wander. Draco knew too wander. little of roses to give a real tour, and Granger was content to meander from and one to the next flower. with a plan, nor there's purpose. there's a flower. <laughs> no, this is, that's not how Hermione would give a tour. <laughs> okay, so Hermione would give a lot of details. No, Hermione would be like, you know, this has a healing property is that scientific heals. name Rosa de Rosa. <laughs> this is the Latin word and the Latin derives from this phrase that means beautiful doorway. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Granger was th- well, let's read what she actually does. Granger was content to meander from one to the next without plan nor purpose, touching at their loosely cut petals. Pretty names fall from her lips as she recognized mm-hmm. a few. Annabelle, the wildflower. The Apolline, the Duchess, Ivory Kiss, Claire, you're a rose. Did you know you were a rose? And Ivory Kiss. Wait, I did it? know that. I did know that because I thought I've thought about planting Claire roses before, but I don't know how they fare. Why did you? What was that face you just made? It was just, it was just a weird thing to be like. And these Grace are my, made like a scandalized like. And these are the face. other Claires <laughs> in, my, in my backyard. <laughs> that see they look like that that's not what she would do she would not be like welcome to my house i'm claire and there are more in the backyard that's what i would do this is a house of many claires <laughs> where my brain goes i am the head claire <laughs> and these are all of the smaller claires this is why you're like why are you making that face and it's because my brain is a mile away fairy lights twinkled amongst the rose bushes petals drifted onto the path a nightingale sang and fountains gurgled Granger, with a kind of dreamy-eyed tipsiness, said it was like being in an enchanted glade. Draco wanted to have a go at her for being sentimental, but he found himself also in a soft, mellow kind of mood. The kind of mood in which he might tell a witch that, yes, the roses were sweet, but she was the sweetest thing in the garden, just to see her blush. He did not, because he was made of stronger stuff. (laughs) Fragrances, delicate and elusive, teased at their noses. Granger tried to name the scents and held up the roses to Draco so that he could try, and he stood next to her, closer than necessary, and they made idle guesses together. Apple, vanilla, clove, myrrh, honey, amongst the damask. His wine-drenched mind collected impressions, delectable nearness, being close enough to feel her giving off warmth, the rose she held to his face, so close that his lips brushed the petals, the moonlight on her skin. By the transitive property, they have now kissed. The escaped curls of her of her hair at her nape, the corner of her mouth, the biting of her lip, eyelashes against a cheek. They moved to the next rose. This one, Granger was convinced, smelled like apricots. <laughs> Draco came to stand behind her and leaned over her shoulder. To him, it smelled like tangerine. No, that's what Hermione smells like. Apricots? Granger tangerine. smelled it again. Oh. <laughs> Granger smelled it again and said, no, apricots, most certainly. And Draco leaned in closer and said, no, tangerine, don't be silly. Granger theorized that they might have found an Amortensia rose that would re- explain the discrepancy. Draco said he would be sure to record this discovery. <laughs> they moved on to the next one, a splendid white rose. 
Granger cupped its heavy head and drew it out. Draco came behind her again, and they both smelt it at the same time, mm-hmm. and her cheek brushed his chin. Oh. If this is not coded language of smut, I don't know what no, it is. it really is. He caught himself just in time as he was about to put a hand on her waist. Oh. That way lay madness. <laughs> it's like all this like hinting. Mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And this is, uh, honestly, this is how the whole fic is. Like it's Damn. just. Sexy. All these, it, it's like these, these like sexy, like sensual, like intimate moments that like, it feels like something is going to happen, and then it, it just does doesn't. It. Well, that Damn, sounds frustrating. Unresolved sexual tension. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you know what? This reminds me. So you know how, like, like when you wake up and there's that like moment of like between like sleep and awake, and mm. you're just kind of like floating there. Yeah. And it's like, am I gonna wake up? Am I gonna go to sleep again? And you're just kind of like in this like in between state. That's kind of what this whole fic feels like. I get that. But romance. Yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. are they? Are? Is this a date? You guys are, you're not friends. You're drunk. Yes. Are you gonna kiss? And they, yeah. they like circle around each other and they like look at each other and they're like, are, yes. we, gonna, are we gonna kiss? Are we gonna yes. Kiss? Are we gonna kiss? Yes. I've been on those business trips before. <laughs> <laughs> not been on those business trips. Let me tell you, they're weird. The sweet paralysis was coming over him again, of not wanting to move, of lightness in his veins, of limbs feeling weightless and eyelids feeling heavy. He wanted to put the chin where her neck met her shoulder and just stand there. He wanted to say things in her ear and feel her shiver against him. He wanted to linger here. Right? That was good. <laughs> being stupid about tangerines for an age or two. He wanted to float. It was the wine, certainly. Hmm. They moved to the next roses, small, wild things that grew in bunches and smelled like vetiver. Granger asked if she might pick one. Draco did so for her. It seemed ungentlemanly of him not to. And he gave it to her, his arm wrapped around her from behind, and their fingertips touched, and that was as close as they could get, touching fingertips over a rose. She looked over her shoulder at him to say thank you. Touching me, touching you. Ah! Sweet Caroline. Okay, wow. I lost my headphones. That was like the most American thing we could have done. We needed to dense out these South France vibes. These. I needed a cold drink of water. Claire's feeling too romantic. The next time you're in a rose garden and or the south of France and you feel the vibe too hard, just start shouting sweet Caroline and it will ruin the vibe. It will completely <laughs> ruin the vibe. Bring back <laughs> to the American feel, which is very unsexy. <laughs> it is. She looked over her shoulder at him to say thank you, and their eyes met, and hers were dark and curious, and his were light and keen, and mm-hmm. it was universes colliding. Mm-hmm. It was all of those contrapositions of light and dark and muggle-born and pure blood and order and death eater and terrible incompatibility after terrible incompatibility, yeah. the violent yeah. polarities that made them who they were. They fell into each other a little bit, mm-hmm. in a moment of collision, a bit drunk, a bit soul-tangled. She slid the rose into Ooh. her hair. Soul tangled. That's a good word. And turned away. I know. I that 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 line. Tattoo it on my skin. Soul Love tangled. That. Love that. Love this. <laughs> Can you imagine buying a, an album called Soul, Soul Tangled? tangled? Harry it. Styles next album. Into it. Hot damn. <laughs> Just like put on that vinyl. 
soul tangled. It is. It's totally a. It's a vinyl. It's gonna be rain outside. Mm, you gotta yeah. have some like dim some, lighting, like, cold like seven block. Yeah, your partner's like, let me put yeah, a little drunk already, and you just kind of like sway with each other. It's hot outside. Oh god. Mm. <laughs> a moment. What's some soul tangles? Wow. 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 So visceral. <laughs> I can feel it. They came to the end of the rose garden, where the hedges grew thickest and stupidities might be said most freely, where terrible incompatibilities stopped meaning so much, because here, amongst green boughs and the rustling breeze, they were just a man and a woman meandering through a garden, being idiots about roses. The memory of that night would remain with Draco for a long time afterwards, moon-kissed and sweet, the light in her eyes, the taste of wine, the glitter of starshine in the fountain, the slow seduction of the roses. Like, hot damn, that's like the most romantic thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm just hearing it. (laughs) Wait, 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 there's one last line. Oh, good. And it is... Which I can't say! You have to let yourself be bewitched. Uh. Fiend! Woo! There you go. No. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) Caught a vibe. Baby, I'm looking for a ride. I'm also ride. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> the whole thing is like that. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I get why you couldn't stop. <laughs> it's very hard to stop. Here's some of the other tags, because yeah. I didn't read the tags at the beginning. So, mm-hmm. healer Hermione Granger, researcher Hermione Granger, or Drago Malfoy, slow burn. Very much like Obviously. capital S, capital B, slow, slow burn. burn. Unresolved sexual tension, as we have said ding, already. Ding. Eventual ding, ding. smut. Oh. There's eventual smut. Oh, I'm going to need that. Delicious. I'm going to need that. Forced later. collaboration. <laughs> what does EWE mean? What is that? There's H-E-A, happily ever after. Yeah. Reckless overuse of author's favorite tropes. Ending with... Oblivious no. idiots. Mm. All aboard the SS denial. Uh-huh. Late stage pining. What is pining of not denial persevering? No epilogue, first names. what epilogue? Oh! In the, in the EWE fan fiction, the epilogue of the last Harry Potter book would be disregarded. Yeah, as it should an be. An example of this would be all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Rip it out. Yeah. yeah. No one an, wants an it. An example Ignore of that. this would be a fan fiction where after the final battle, Harry runs away and marries Pavardi Patil. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're right. I mean, okay. All right. Sure. Epilogue, what epilogue? You know, I'll read the fic. Uh, scandalous ankle touching, misses <laughs> the whirlpool <laughs> I love scandalous ankle touching. See, this is touching. where I want the tags to be specific to the chapter, which I know is not a function Archive of Our Own has, but like... Graphic should. depictions of competent women. <gasps> All right. Ooh. Eroticized arithmancy. That is one of my favorite chapters. All right. Hot damn, that sounds hot. Crookshanks <laughs> will fight God or become him. Human yep. on mushroom violence. Schrodinger's ethics. <laughs> Nuns. I'm not going to explain that one. (laughs) (laughs) You got to read to find out about that one. Yeah. So that was chapter 17. Excellent. Of Draco Malfoy and the mortifying ordeal of being in love. If people want another chapter of this fic. Demand it. Please let me know because I will do it. Make Grace read. Because I already have another pairing. (laughs) I'll practice my accent. I didn't do it yeah, this time. Yeah, Grace did not practice, but yeah. you know what? You did a great job. So. I <laughs> gave the passion. But yeah, that's it. Thank yeah. you, Is This Self-Care, for uh, giving permission to read this fic and also giving us background information and also writing. Hot damn. All this is to say, um, if you send me a long fic, <laughs> I will probably read it. Josie reads too much. Josie will fine. read the long. You got to give it to me. You yeah. got to say no. my name. You got to say her name. Say her name. Yeah, you true. want someone to read it. 
email it to Josie. Claire and Grace won't read. She don't read. They don't read. Grace don't read. Since we're on our off season, if you have missed us and this is the first time you've heard our voices in like four months, you could have you could have not missed out this whole time by paying us five dollars and getting on the Patreon where we read other fan fictions that are smut specific. You can get there by uh, any of our link trees on our socials or at Patreon slash Fine Pranks Podcast. You can also stay in contact with us on our social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And the last one that I never remember. Tumblr. Tumblr. The one that I'm in charge of. <laughs> the only one. If you ever want to talk only to Claire. Yeah, if you want to guarantee get Claire, the Tumblr's really the only way. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's like a 75% chance it's me, 25% chance it's Josie. Yeah. A reminder to mm. leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Woo! And if you leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, you can take a screenshot of that and email it to us or um, DM us anywhere. And you can request your own uh, 500-word fanfic written by myself or Grace. For the end of season six, for us to do in our finale. It's mm-hmm. always fun. I think that's it. And with that... Arriva Dirci. Goodbye. Au revoir. Goodbye in French. There we go. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Insert French. Au revoir. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.